talking and I'm not and I'm just <laughs> And then I'm talking <laughs> No, but wait, wait, I have something for him. Boom, you get shot down. Now you're just fucking me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids. The Weird History and Eerie Tales Podcast. Concentrate on the news. That's what we do. Wow. <laughs> FYI, there's nothing wrong. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Weird History Retails Podcast. I am your host, Moses Soria, and with me today is Achi. The one and only, because Casper right here can't do shit. And sitting to the right of us is Sonia, who's reading some some girl smut. I'm, I'm, I'm only assuming. It's probably something like romantic sex book. Um, today, my brother, not <laughs> today. So it's like, you're not wrong. <laughs> Today, my brother is not here. He's taking a vacation from life, and he's he's up in the mountain somewhere playing Dungeons and Dragons. Now, you know what? He got he bastard. got taken by the government, bro. Speak that good segue, because today go. what we're gonna do is we're gonna put on our tinfoil hats, and we're gonna be talking about a conspiracy that Achi has been wanting to talk about since probably day one of the podcast. I don't know by day one, but, but you've been wanting, you've been in, wanting Instagram reintroduced me to this shit because I'm a big fan of Stranger Things. And if you already know what that means, you know what that means. And when and, and I'm gonna talk about something that it's big it's big it's big that happened but nobody's fucking talking about it. And it's the fucking UFO whistleblower. Bro, for something that just happened. For something that's like so like not like big this should have it's been so nonchalant. We there's so they're saying aliens exist, and people are not. You know what they're they're like? Okay, people are freaking out over the new castle. They're freaking out more over over the new Castlevania animated series that's coming out, which is amazing. Castlevania Nocturne, September twenty eighth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. They're freaking out over that more more over that than the fucking alien. Bro, they're freaking out more over the the Barbenheimer shit. Which I heard is really good. I heard the Barbie movie was really good. Yeah, I heard Barbie. I heard both really good. Yeah, I heard Open Hopper is pretty interesting. Yeah, so today we're going to start off the episode uh, with a little conspiracy theory brought to you by the one and only Anchi. So, like Moses already mentioned, Sure, many of you heard now that the government has officially acknowledged that aliens are fucking real. Well, sort of because the people on record were former U.S. military officials saying under oath to Congress that the U.S. knows more about UFOs and aliens that they have openly acknowledged. Now, I won't be going deep into the alien talk for my segment. I'll leave that to Moses. But I will say this wasn't the first and possibly will not be the last time that our government does not reveal the whole truth of what they know. Of course. Conspiracy theories end up becoming true, like, for example, the Operation Paperclip or MKUltra, or experimentation that almost sounds like a sci-fi movie in it. But is it a conspiracy theory if it turns out to be true? Not really. Then not is anymore. It, then, then is it, it just a fucked up plan? Yeah. Fucked up government? All right, cool. It's, it's uh, the history that fucking public schools don't teach you about. Right. Lies my teacher told me. It's a Correct. good book. Read it. So now, let's get into this. Because, Moses, have you heard about the Montauk Project? I, I have. How you? I have. But, the, so the Montauk Project, oh, I'm just going to get into it, Hell yeah. became really big. It became part of, like, pop culture, for the lack of a better word, consciousness. Yeah. Solely because of Stranger Things. Absolutely, bro. Right. Before that, it was one of those fringe things that us weirdo conspiracy theorists were really... You had to go you had to go down the, a series of rabbit holes before you reach... It's, before you reach... Before you would reach down into it. It's, it's definitely like, like a if you know, you know type of thing. Yeah. So it's know? like if you are into conspiracy theories... This is the floor level. This is the entry level of conspiracy theories uh-huh. when you're to when you're talking about it. But if you're not into it, you're not gonna know about it. So it's yeah. so it's kind of like a different yeah. But yeah, I know. Yeah, I knew about the Montauk Project. So the Montauk Project is one of the well-versed, well-documented conspiracy theories that were actually mostly done by a handful of people. But unlike MK Ultra, there was no really irrefutable evidence to back it up as being true. 
And this conspiracy takes place on the far east side of Long Island, just a few miles off of the Hamptons. So you know like the stupid Richie Rich place where the White Chicks movie took place? Right there. Just a few miles off of that. Is that where the movie took place? In the Hamptons? It was supposed to be in the Hamptons? Yeah. Nice. So they're like, the Hamptons? That's where Oh, you're fucking right. You remember? Remember? So back in the heat of Pearl Harbor, a military base was constructed named Camp Hero. And Camp Hero was disguised to look like a small town. The concrete buildings had fake windows on them. They had make-believe gyms, bowling alleys, and even churches. For the most part, it was a military base used as a first line of defense against possible Nazi naval attacks. After the war, camp was handed off to the U.S. Air Force in 1951 and finally decommissioned in 1981 and converted into a state park where people could actually go here to enjoy the park. And it was open to everyone except for obviously the buildings that were heavily boarded up and the 24-hour surveillancing that happens to prevent trespassing. Obviously. So the Montauk project predominantly came about from two sources, one of Preston Nichols and another an Al Balik. And Preston Nichols, along with Peter Moon, wrote a book called The Montauk Project Experiments in Time that was published in 1992. And he wrote that book after saying that he, quote-unquote, recovered memories claiming that he had actually worked on the project and so in terms of the actual claim nichols book goes all in in experiments in mind control and telepathy and opens space-time portals to other dimensions contact with alien life and abduction of runaway children all under the authority of u.s military program financed by Nazi gold recovered during World War II. So this is like a fucking plethora of every conspiracy just put it together. It and just, want, it just bro. gets thrown in. And it's and if you want to get even weirder when it comes to this, the, the whole thing was predicated and built on the foundation. And it's you and this this is one that's interesting. Mm. To me, that they, they, if if you, if you want to do an episode, or if you just want to look into it, um, that the whole seventies rock movement mm. was state was made was made by the government. All those bands, Led Zeppelin. The, if you if, if you look into those bands that started right. the whole hippie movement, yeah. they were all connected to the government. Right. Like, uh, what's the dude? The most famous dude? Where's Jim, Jim Morrison? Morrison? Jim, uh, Jim Mor- His dad was a CIA official. Like that's how deep this goes. Where like the CIA is like, we need, we, we need a distraction. No, we need an ant like because at the time people were like anti-war, anti-war. Yeah, we need that sentiment to go away. So what do we do? Let's plant all these bands, all these musicians, uh-huh. get them high as fuck, uh-huh. and let them be the face of anti-war. So uh-huh. everybody else is like. Oh, oh, it's just, just hippies, a bunch bro. of hippies. Oh, I see, I see. So that was that was the whole disinformation. That was built on drugs and disinformation. That yeah. it worked. Yeah. So now let's build on it, and this is where the whole MK Ultra thing is like, oh, it worked in the seventies. Now let's do something else. Yeah, yeah. Let's build on it. So there's it's a fucking distraction. So so it's a whole fucking Jenga of conspiracy theories built on top of conspiracy conspiracy theories. If you want to go down that rabbit hole, yeah. But like you said, it is. It's like oh, like this is like oh, let me borrow. Let's let's borrow money from like it's borrow like it's it's funded by Nazi gold. It's made by rogue CIA agents kidnapping children. <laughs> it's just like dipping your fingers in all the shit you should not be dipping your fingers into. Yeah, and speaking of fucking dipping fingers, the story of the Montauk Project actually intersects with a long-standing and somewhat well-known conspiracy theory regarding the so-called Philadelphia experiment in 1943. And according to the lore, the U.S. military was trying to find ways to bypass Nazi radar during World War II by using electromagnetic fields. The various versions of the story say that the military successfully developed a technique that rendered the USS Eldridge stationed as a naval shipyard in Philadelphia. Not just visible to ra- invisible to radar, but also completely invisible to the naked eye. <coughs> and what more, the ship was supposedly then transported 
through a hole in space-time to Norfolk, Virginia, that was actually 200 miles away from its original position. Yeah, and it blipped for like one second. To, it wasn't well, not it, one sec. It took it a few minutes for them to. But it's the fact that it was like oh, it's only it took, took two minutes yeah. to go 300 miles. What the fuck? How that fucking happened, bro? And so when Elridge reappeared at the Philadelphia shipyard several minutes later, some crew members had actually fused. It was a it was a horror movie scene. Like you see that shit, like what the fuck is going on? So if you don't know about this, it's when the ship was transported, when the ship was moved, however you want to call it, yeah. port, whatever. Apparently, people on board the boat were able to move through solid objects. Right. Right. But the second the ship landed, it became a hole. If you were unlucky enough to be crossing through a wall at that moment and the ship appeared, you became whole. And a lot of people were stuck in a wall, coming into walls, getting out of walls, but they were still alive. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know what that place smelled like. After. Not fucking good, bro. I'm pretty sure before it just smelled like cum, because just sailors. That's all they do. That's all they do. They're just coming on each other. Oh yeah. And then after, just bo. Yeah. Fucking nasty. Not good. And those those people that weren't fused into these freaking parts of these ships were driven insane by the disorientation that they experienced while the ship was in so-called hyperspace bubble that existed outside of space time. And nearly all the key details are either disapprovable through obvious chronological uh, inconsistencies or violations of the established established laws of physics. Moreover, the two retellings of the Philadelphia experiment are ever the same, and the people who ever served on the Elridge in 1943 dispute the story entirely. But not here. We're not going to let science nor the truth get in the way. Yeah, bro. Sometimes science is wrong. Science is wrong sometimes. Like Mac beautifully said on Talking Center Philadelphia, yep, yep, yep. science is a bitch. Hell yeah. So now, why do I bring up the Philadelphia experiment with the fucking Montauk project? Yeah, why did you? So in 1984, a fucking dude made a movie that was called The Philadelphia Experiment, about the Philadelphia experiment that was called The Philadelphia Experiment. So then they made this movie, fucking movie movie, when a 57-year-old man by the name of Al Balik saw this movie in 1988, and he claimed that he experienced an overwhelming sense of deja vu. And using new age therapies and practices, Balik said that he was able to unlock a massive store of repressed memories from his uh, extensive involvement, not just in the Philadelphia Experiment, but it's something called the Montauk Project. He's like, wait, I was there. That was me. Yep. And suggested that his memory had been wiped during CIA's MK Ultra techniques to maintain the secrecy of the program. Bailey claimed that his real name was actually Edward Cameron and that his brother Duncan Cameron were crew members on the L Ridge in 1943 when they were in their 20s. And Bailey told his story to an audience at the Mutual UFO Network Conference in 1990, saying not only that the Philadelphia experiment was real, but that he and his brother were aboard the ship when it happened. He said that none other than Nikola Tesla himself had engineered the equipment that caused the Elbridge to break out of space-time and that he had opened up a wormhole to the future, which dropped the two brothers in the middle of Montauk's Camp Hero in August 12 of 1983. So this motherfucker apparently had his memory wiped off saying that he actually was a part of the Philadelphia experiment while that was happening. He got transported during the time where the fucking Montauk experiment was happening. So at this point, Balik's story becomes convoluted, but the thrust of it is that he and his brother joined up with the Montauk project, which had grown out of the electromagnetic research of the Philadelphia experiment. And Bailey claims that he befriended Nichols, the guy of the author of the book, in the 1970s, and that together they developed the Montauk Chair, which was a mind-reading device that was a central component of the entire project that helps provide a window into specifics of its supposed research. So what is this fucking Montauk Chair? Preston Nichols details that he alleged work on the Montauk Chair in his book, claiming that it uses electromagnetism 
to further the psychic powers of whoever sat in it. And Duncan Cameron, which was Alan Balick, in a stroke of uncanny coincidence, happened to have sus substantial psychic abilities, including the ability to manifest objects with his mind using the device. And this may sound familiar to fans of Stranger Things, where a similar device is used by the character Eleven, played by Millie Bobby Brown, to open a portal to the parallel alternate universe called the Upside Down. In the Montauk Project lore, Cameron and other project researchers use a Montauk chair similarly to open portals through space-time. And Nichols described another experiment in the book that is curiously similar to the remote viewing, which is a paranormal concept that was actually researched by the CIA. So quote, Nichols wrote, the first experiment was called the seen eye, with a lock of a person's hair or another appropriate object in his hand, Duncan could see concentrate of the Duncan could concentrate on the person he was able to see as he was seeing through the eyes, hearing through their ears, and feeling through their body. He could actually see through the other people anywhere on the planet. So you get let's say I get your fucking beard follicle. I'm in this place and you're fucking miles away. I can literally know what the fuck you're doing based off what you're smelling, what you're hearing, what you're seeing, what you're feeling, all that shit. Just off of that fucking object sitting on this Montauk chair. That's some like toxic shit. That's some toxic shit. What the fuck is my boyfriend doing? Let me go to the upside down. Let me find <laughs> out. Let me <laughs> let me find out this motherfuckers around bitches. <laughs> Sonia, stop writing notes. She's taking notes. She's taking notes. But more so than remote viewing on any of the other claims Nichols makes, the one about the abduction of young children, some no older than four, to use the subjects as a Montauk Project's various experiment is surely the most shocking. And Nichols refer, uh, referred to these underage abductees as the Montauk Boys and said that they were snatched off the street or even taken from their homes. Damn, bro. I'm not going to lie. I'm... Having a picture of us on the shirt, it says the Montauk Boys. Sick, bro. <laughs> That'd be kind of sick, bro. Sick. And according to Nichols, these children were so psychologically broken down by the Montauk Project that most would forget all about their time at Camp Hero for the rest of their lives. And the stories of the Montauk Boys only came more intriguing when someone started coming forward to confirm them. At least one man had claimed that the similarly that they similarly recover, quote-unquote, his traumatic memories of the Montauk Project, just as Balik and Nichols had. A Stuart Swerdlow, a 52-year-old man living in Michigan, told The Sun in 2017 that he was one of the Montauk boys that Nicholas describes that he, had, that he and others like him were subjected to horrific abuse, where he said, quote, When the experiment started, they target expendable boys just like orphans, runaways, or children of drug addicts. The kind of kids that no one really come looking for. The aim was to fracture your mind so they could program you, and it would change the temperature from very hot to very cold, starve you, and then overfeed you, and remember being beaten with a water pole. And they love to hold your head underwater until you nearly drown. That was effective, and it makes person likely to listen and obey to their quote-unquote rescuer. When they... they also use LSD to put in our brains into an alternated state. And Swerlow added that he observed project staffers sexually abusing the children in order to break them down. Swerlow even alleged that he had other Montauk boys that were sent to Mars and back to the biblical times via the project portals. In the early days, as they were uh, perfecting the coordinates, a lot of boys were simply lost, he said. I still have nightmares about it today, and I wasn't there when the Montauk chair was shut off, but I felt it, like I had suddenly been unplugged from electricity. Wait, hold on. They were sending kids to Mars? Apparently through these fucking portals that they, that they had them in. What is that one movie with Matt Damon? Where he gets stuck in Mars? Oh, the fucking Interstellar? Uh, Interstellar's with um, the, other, the other... The other white guy. Yeah, the other white guy. <laughs> Matt... Matt Damon, where he gets stuck in Mars and he has to build his own garden. I have oh, to come and rescue him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, imagine being... Right, so that movie proves you cannot live in Mars. Yeah. Imagine being a little kid. You just get... You just you, get you, whipped up to, not, to you, Mars. You can't even you fucking just got, you, you just got whipped up. 
and you got your private parts fiddled with, and then like go to Mars and you appear in Mars and you die in like ten seconds. Yeah, that's crazy, bro. That's horrible. That's fucking crazy. So all these uh, project experiments finally came to an end in the early 1980s. Nichols claimed when things finally went too far for even the researchers responsible, and he claimed that whatever someone was sitting in the Montauk chair in vision would first appear on a transmitter screen before being manifested into the real world in either solid or transparent form. The Montauk project was then shut down after Nichols and Duncan Cameron, along with other participants, rebelled against the project when someone, especially sinister, was manifested. And he said, quote, We finally decided when we had enough of the whole experiment. The contingency program was activated by someone approaching Duncan while he was in the chair and simply whispering, the time is now. At this moment, he, he let loose a monster from his subconscious. And the transmitter actually portrayed a hairy monster. It was big, hairy, hungry, and nasty. But it didn't appear underground in the null point. It showed up somewhere on the base, and it would eat anything it could find, and it smashed everything in its sight. Several different people saw it, but almost everyone described it as a different beast. And Nichols said that, they had to destroy all the equipment in order to remove this creature from existence and set it back to its original dimension or something to that effect. It is obviously clearly an inspiration for a similar narrative and Stranger Things when Eleven summons a monster which similarly goes on a wreck havoc. According to Variety, the show creators Matt and Russ Duffer were so inspired by the Montauk project that the actual original title of the Netflix hit was simply called Montauk. After filmmaker Charlie uh, Kessler filed a lawsuit against the brothers for allegedly plagiarizing his short film, The Montauk Project. The setting was changed from the Long Island to the suburbs of Indiana. Regardless of the creative squabble with Kessler, the Netflix show clearly relied heavily on Nichols' work. So that's where the inspiration of yeah. Stranger Things really came from. So was there any truth to this Montauk Project story? Well, according to Nichols, the basement levels of Camp Hero were flooded with cement once all the equipment was destroyed and the project was shut down, with anyone involved in the project having the memories of the project suppressed using the MK Ultra techniques. The commission facilities at Camp Hero are still standing, however, attracting curious passerby and local townsfolk to this day, regardless of what actually happened aside, and the SAGE radar facility had become a notable landmark for boats sailing around the fork of Long Island and so it was left standing when the Air Force shut down the last of its air traffic control. An operation of the facility in 1984 gave me the site an eerie, disquieting presence. So one thing that I noted from the Montauk project is that when all these experiments were happening, uh, supposedly, whenever the 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 um, uh, antenna thing that was there turned on. That apparently a lot of people around the area were complaining of like really aggressive headaches that they were having whenever it turned on. And a lot of people, even before these stories, claimed it to be like the Area 51 of the East Side. And that was as as far as like claimed evidence, that's as far as they go, other than these two people that allegedly outside of outside that. of their claims, you don't think yeah. proof is the people like, oh I have a headache. Yeah, like, I fucking have headaches and shit. Like, it's only were you around because you have a tension headache right now. Were you? Is that headache stemming from a 1984 trip you might have taken to Long Island? Nice. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! When you mentioned the Montauk chair, yeah, all I kept thinking was Professor X's wheelchair. Hey, Loki, that's pretty much it, bro. That's pretty much but it. From the, for, but from the animated series, the one that floats. Okay, because I'm thinking about the fucking brain thing. Shit. Oh, you're talking yeah, about... Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. And, like, he could freaking see everything and shit. That's what he was... That's basically what he was doing, remember? Basically. Yeah. Remember, he would just... Instead of the strand of hair, he could just think of you. Yeah. And find you. Like, it's crazy, though, because, like, that chair allowed them to see, like, where people were at and shit like that. But it allowed you to transport yourself to a different dimension, too. Or even transport yourself to somewhere else. Yeah. So, like... There's a, like, there's a lot that's under the umbrella of the MK of the whole MK Ultra thing. Mm. This is one of those 
branches from that M- from that MK Ultra tree. Like since where's this this conspiracy that happened because of MK Ultra, what other shit is going on? Yeah, that the so, government's telling us about. Yeah, and I find it interesting when you guys find out about these kind of conspiracy theories because you're my brother are n- are not really into conspiracy theories like that. You guys were nah. you, you guys were you guys were not wasting your time like I was. <laughs> so every time you guys bring up like, oh, let's talk about this, let's talk about that. I never say no, but I'm just like, damn, like I knew about that for a while. But then I, I keep thinking like, oh, these guys were not wasting their times like I did. So it's, it, I, I like hearing these old conspiracy, conspiracy theories through fresh, through your guys' mm-hmm. fresh perspectives. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I don't have, because when you guys talk about it, you're like, dude, what the fuck? And it's like. Yeah. Oh, I remember the first time. Those I aha heard. moments. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. like, or like, oh, just wait till he finds this out. Wait yeah. till they find that out. So it's because, like, yeah, like, we cover, like, ba- like, there are times where we cover, like, base level topics. And it's because you guys aren't weirdos. You, you guys focused on school. You guys, you know, you guys were straight arrows. You guys didn't have time to waste. But you know what? It's also, like, for us, like, where do you fucking find this information? Like, it's it's hard to know what to know about when you don't know about it. It's cool seeing you guys hear about, talk about serial killers. Where it's Like, my brother, he was, like, I remember, I forgot what the fuck he was talking about. It was a long time ago. And then, and then he was talking about a, a Cannibal Corpse song. And he's like, bro, did you know this song was about, like, and I was like. Yeah, bro. <laughs> but it's like, it's cool. It's cool that he's finding that out yeah. on his own. Yeah. And I'm going through that with my fucking sister. Right now, she's asking. My sister's sixteen; she's seventeen, and uh, she probably won't live that much longer because she just went on her first date. So I gotta take I gotta take her out. <laughs> That's it for you. That's it for her. Hell yeah. That's it for her. Hell yeah. So the other day, she's just walking up to me, and then she's like, "Hey, what happened?" She's like, "Have you heard of this band called Dystopia?" In my head, I was like, "What the fuck? Dystopia's like this old." I was like, "How the fuck do you know about Dystopia?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh, I just found them out. They're fucking sick." I was like, what the fuck? She's like 16. And then she's like, she walks up to me and then she's like, you know about Napalm Death, right? I was oh like, my God. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, she's like, oh, they're fucking sick. I was like, all right, cool. And then she'll just come out with like, you know about this band? I'm like, no. And then she gets excited. She's like, yeah. oh, fuck. And then she shows it to me. I'm like, she shows it to me. I'm like, oh, they're dog shit. <laughs> and then she's like, oh. She's like, I'm never going to show you new yeah, bands she's like, ever fuck again. You. Yeah, but she's, it's funny. She's always texting me about bands. Yeah. And then she's, she's like, hey, I want to know about bands that sound like this. I was like, all right. The band you're listening to, they are very pro-Nazis. It's like this black metal band. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to give them. I like their music, but they're, su- they're, they're a pro-Nazi black yeah. metal band, right? I was like, yeah. don't listen to them. They're super Nazi. She's like, oh, my God. I posted them on my story. <laughs> I was like, don't worry about it. You fucking Nazi. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, don't worry about it unless nobody knows or whatever. I'm like, yeah. but check out this band instead. And right now, she's on. She's into a band called Black Braid. Black Braid? Black Braid. Yeah, Black Braid. Black Braids? Black Braid. Okay. Basically, Native American dude okay. singing. There's Native, it's Native American black metal. Hell yeah. It's fucking amazing. Hell yeah. And it's and she's so into them. And the cool thing is, is that next week, here's a plug, my band Jackknife, we are signed to an indie label called Nothing Less Records. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're putting out our EP coming out August third. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nothing Less Records has a promoting company called Nothing Less Booking, mm-hmm. where they book bands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Guess what band they booked to play in August? They booked Black Braid to play here in LA. Oh, and this is Black Braid's last West Coast show. Oh, so I'm gonna take my sister. They're not from here? I don't know where they're from. But this is the last West Coast tour because now they're gonna do they they're you'll you'll fucking love them. Yeah. It's super melodic, beautiful black metal. But they, there's so much everything's about all like all like everything's Native American. Yeah. Even their song titles. Their song titles are like um like it's like um um Black Bear's foot walking through bloody marshes it's like very okay. it's like it's every, i haven't been a, i haven't been this obsessed with the band in a long time if you guys please check them out black braid on they're on, they're on. and they just released their their second album fucking amazing so they're gonna so yeah so they're playing and i'm showing my sister and it's just it's just fucking it's just sick they're just so sick hi, hi. yeah so you like check them out but yeah but like 
long short story long it's it's cool seeing you guys find out about these conspiracies finding out about this because sometimes you guys bring something up that i'm like oh i didn't like right now that you just brought up the montauk chair i was like oh i did i i never read i i never knew about the, the whole montauk chair you know what's funny like there's a lot more videos about the montauk project than there are actually sources out there oh which by the way i forgot to mention and if you want to read the fucking book the the, that was written by Nichols. Yeah, you can. Nichols. You can. <laughs> it's fucking on. We'll, we'll put in the show notes. There's a fucking PDF where you could read the whole thing. Uh, but can you buy it? Can we give Nichols some money? You give Nichols some like, money. Well, we'll put up the Amazon link, bro. We'll give Come you on. the Amazon link, bro. But like, just to kind of give you a, a heads up of what you're going to be reading. Talks about the Philadelphia Experiment, of course. Talks about visiting Montauk. Talks about Project Moonbeam. Talks about the chair. Talks about time warping, time travel, the mission to Mars, encounters with the beast. Like, you want to get deep, you'll, you'll get fucking deep with this book. Yeah. We got, we at least got to put some money in the man's pocket. He he had his mind erased. That's true. At least let's make his That's wallet true. fat. You know what I mean? I, I hope he's getting, still getting his money. Fuck. Unless the government took him out and they're like... I doubt it. He tried to sue Netflix. Netflix is like, you know what? We're just going to change it to Ohio. We're good. Bye. There you go. <laughs> you know? So if you're not aware and have been living under a rock on the dark side of the moon, we've just had a government official publicly and under oath announce live that the government is indeed in possession of non-human spacecrafts and dead pilots. Bro, that's crazy. I, my that dad, my dad walked crazy. in on me earlier today, and I was I was doing research for this. I was getting clips, uh-huh. and my dad's like, "What are you watching?" I was like, "Dude, sit down." And he sat down. I'm like, "This is a government official telling under oath other government officials. This guy's he's an Iraq War veteran. He's not, he has credentials. These three, they all have credentials, and they're talking about. And I'm gonna talk about those credentials in a bit. Mm. But they're talking in front of a committee, government, a committee, mm-hmm. a government committee." Talking about that we they, the government's hiding aliens and hiding dead pilots in space. I mean, that's like cool. Hey, um, let's look up <laughs> tickets from Mexico. He's like, hey, let's look up tickets from Mexico. I was like, aliens. He's like, he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to leave on Saturday. I was like, he didn't, he didn't care. Like that, that, that's everyone's reaction outside of like the whole UFO community, which I am not a part of. I'm not aliens. Sci-fi is not my thing. They're not my thing. For whatever reason, they just never caught my attention. I don't give a fuck about them, which I should. I, I, all right, let me backtrack. I, when I say I don't give a fuck about them, I mean I don't give a fuck. I don't give enough fucks to read, to do research. Is that I'm not interested in that. I do care about that, the fact that there are fucking aliens outside. Like, bro, like we. What once I kind of opened my eyes as to how big the universe really fucking is it's like i don't doubt that there's other whether it's aliens or whatever else like i don't doubt there's something else out there bro i get a i get existential panic attacks when i think about the what inf- is life the inf- <laughs> the, 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 the inf- bro if i close my I, I could right now close my eyes and just start thinking about how infinite the earth is and how in a few years i'm gonna die and then for the rest of eternity i'm not gonna exist anymore I will start crying. I will start crying. I will go in a fetal position. I will start hyperventilating. Yeah, bro, don't smoke weed, bro. (laughs) (laughs) But so there's this weird conspiracy theory. Another weird conspiracy theory saying that Earth is in the fucking boonies of the universe. So we're we're the shit. No, we are just like, all right, imagine... Imagine a city, right? Yeah. Imagine there's a bunch of cities going around. When you leave Los Angeles to get to San Jose, mm-hmm. you know how there's a bunch of nothingness? Mm-hmm. Remember how every once in a while you'll see a house or you see a little building? That's Earth. That's Earth. That's Earth in the span of universes. Like, there's life out there. We just happen to be in a spot in the universe that no one gives a fuck about. That's why we don't see any That's aliens. That's why there isn't any yeah, life That's why there's around an activity, there. yeah. But everywhere and, else is just like and the and the, and the aliens we do see all the motherfuckers are like, like passing by. They're passing by <laughs> like what what the fuck is that? And you guys yeah, you yeah. guys hear this fucking earth? You there's, know there's a bunch of monkey hairless monkeys blowing each other up. It's fucking crazy. 
supposedly that's a, that's why, yeah. But anyways, so yeah, UFO whistleblower, right? Mm-hmm. But who is this whistleblower? And why the fuck should we care? Mm-hmm. Well, let's find out together. So his name is David Grush. And on July 26, 2023, was front and center before both the U.S. House Committee on National Security and the Border and Foreign Affairs. So these look these these sound like legit titles, right? He's not in front of the president because obviously they have to they have to vet things before he gets higher up. Yeah, yeah. But he's speaking in front of fucking the U.S. House Committee on National Security, and then the you know he's talking to fucking for people, and. <laughs> this committee was called the Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena Implications on National Security, Public Safety, and Government Transparency. So let's take a step back a little bit before this House Committee. So let's understand how we got here, right? So on June 2023, a month before this committee started, United States Air Force officer and former intelligence official David Grush, who's our main character for today, Claimed that officials, he kept them, they're unnamed, of course, Mm. told him that the U.S. federal government has and maintains a secretive UFO recovery program and is in possession of non-human spacecraft and dead pilots. So his whole thing is, is that back in 2012, Grosh, I think I said I pronounced his name, Grosh, filed a whistleblower complaint with the U.S. Office of the Intelligence Community Inspector General to support his plan to share classified information with the U.S. Select Committee on Intelligence. So in 2022, he went to, his, he went to the superior saying, I'm going to go forward. And I'm going to go forward and I'm going to talk about everything that's being secret because this is fucked up. Mm-hmm. And I want you to back me up because I know you know it's fucked up. Because mm-hmm. he goes on to say, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't go really into detail, but the reason why he he became whistleblower because he found out that the U.S. government was killing Americans in order to keep these things a secret. He said, if you just wanted to keep a secret, fine, cool. Keep it. But now you're killing the same people that are giving you the money to to fund this shit, and this yeah. is fucked up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go forward. So and, he openly said that. Yeah, he, he openly said that, and he went to and he went to um, the U.S. And he went to this general, to the inspector general of the U.S. Office of the Intelligence Community to support him. He's like, I'm going to go forward. You know it's fucked up too. Support me. Mm. And the guy's like, you're on your own. Damn. So he also claimed, Grush also claimed, that his unnamed officials shared with him that American citizens have been killed as part of the government's effort to cover up any information. Like I said, mm. that's what kind of ticked them off, right? So this all happened in June, right? And But then the NASA and the Department of Defense, they both issued statements saying, respectively, no evidence <laughs> has been found for extraterrestrial life and that there is no verifiable information about the possession and reverse engineering of any extraterrestrial materials. That's fucked up. That's fucked up, right? But it's also why is NASA and why are they saying they're NASA has Na, NASA and the Department of Defense? They don't go and make claims about that aliens don't exist when other people talk about it. How come when other people talk about all the dudes in the, in the History Channel yeah. when they've talked about it? When have, when have you ever heard NASA say, don't believe them. There's no verifiable evidence. They don't say no. But all of a sudden, this guy starts speaking up, and NASA, and they're, they're like, like, no, no, no. no. no he's lying. They're lying. Like, that, that, that's a red flag, I think. I didn't see that. You know what I mean? That's yeah. like, you know. So during his hearing, the one that happened in July, he repeated his claims under oath with the help and testimonies of U.S. fighter pilots Ryan Graves, who was a, who was a Joe Rogan guest who infamously came to the show to talk about his experiences with UFOs, and David Fravor, another special, uh, another Joe Rogan guest, famously known for his Tic Tac UFO video. And you guys can find both links to their episodes in this episode's show notes. They both, you know, Joe Rogan's episodes, three, four hours long. 
That's how long each episode is. And they go into depth about what they find. And these two motherfuckers are sitting to the right and left of Grouch during the committee. So they're sitting there with him. So it's like he's like they're backing him up. Mm-hmm. And during his testimony, while he was asked certain questions, he responded. So they're asking a bunch of questions, and mm-hmm. some questions he would ask, he would answer in non-answers. I I see. It's almost like answering a question with a question. He was at, kind of like a lawyer talk. He was he was doing a lot of lawyer talk where he yeah. was answering questions. He would answer questions by not answering questions, and a lot of times he responded that he couldn't. He, he's, he's like, "Look, I cannot elaborate publicly on some aspects, but I can provide further details and answers to any representatives that they and any representatives that they want if we go to a sensitive, compartmentalized information facility." I can't say it publicly out loud because I don't want anybody hearing it. Mm. There's some things I can't say out loud because they'll put in danger other people. Right, right. But if you guys really want to know, let's go to a secret place. And I, and I will answer any question you want. Yeah, yeah. But we're now publicly. I'm not going to answer those kind like, of I questions. I'll just give you the face of everything, but the details, we'll talk that later. For, 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 for certain questions because they're yeah. asking him questions. And I, I'm assuming he's like, if, if I were to answer this. I'm gonna have to give a certain detail, and that detail is gonna tell a who to a certain name, and that's gonna go down a rabbit hole. And yeah, let's not do that because like we're the ones openly talking about exactly. this. We exactly. don't want to put other people in danger. Yeah. So here's a bit of a background info for Mr. Grosh. So he was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and he was a decorated combat officer within the United States Air Force during the war in Afghanistan, and is a veteran of the National Geospatial. Yeah, and is a veteran of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, the NGA, and the National Reconnaissance Office, the NRO. And from 2019 to 2021, he was the representative of the NRO to the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force from late 2021 to July 2022. So he was in the middle of all of these different committees that were all about reconnaissance, aerial phenomena. He was in the middle of all of this. Oh, yeah. And he was the co-lead for the analysis at the NGA and his representative to the task force. He assisted in drafting the National Defense Authorization Act of 2023, which included provisions for reporting of UFOs, including whistleblower protections and exceptions to non-disclosure orders and agreements. So he's like, look, I know sometimes we sign NDAs because we're not supposed to say it. We're not supposed to say certain things. But... If the person, if we're signing NDAs because you don't want us to leak the information you guys have, that's fine. But if you guys have us sign NDAs and then start doing illegal shit, that kind of goes out. That kind of goes out the window. I see what you mean. Like you can't tell me you got shut the fuck up because you got to follow the law mm-hmm. that you're signing, mm-hmm. and then you start doing shit that's breaking the law. Right. Like, that kind of, that, that doesn't make sense. Contradicts the agreement that you guys had. So that's why he signed up. That's why he's the whistleblower, because he signed, he did all, he, he made these acts. He, did, he made the National Defense Authorization Act, which included protecting whistleblowers. Mm. It protected whistleblowers, and it protected whistleblowers who are breaking not NDAs, mm-hmm. right? Like, he's like, we, no, sometimes, sometimes we have to break shit because you guys are doing way worse behind this NDA. Mm-hmm. So all of the, so everything that he's talking about in this committee, right, originally came from this interview he did on June 5th, 2023, a month before. So journalists Leslie Keen and Ralph Blumenthal, they wrote the story about a UFO cover-up which was picked up by The Debrief, mm-hmm. a website that is self-funded and specializes in frontier science. So it's a kind of, kind of like, the way they're making it seem is like a conspiracy theory, central website that kind of deals with news surrounding certain things that you would call a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. right and the debrief picked it up after every other big news outlet declined it new york times declined it everybody declined the story mm-hmm. and the story was all the claims that Grush was making so according to keen she said she vetted him 
She's like, I'm, she's like, I before I published the story, before I published his all his claims, I wanted to make sure who the fuck he was. So she, she's like, I vetted him by interviewing Carl Nell, who was a retired Army colonel who was also on the UFO task force, and then a Jonathan Gregg. She's like, that's the pseudonym he gave him because he doesn't want to give his real name, mm. whom Keen described as a current U.S. intelligence official at the National Air and Space Intelligence Center. So she's like, I talked to people that were retired colonels and people deep in the middle of the National Air Inspection Intelligence Center that are telling me, no, this guy's legit. He's not full of shit. So she wrote that Nell called Grush beyond reproach and that both Nell and Gray supported Grush's claims about a secret UFO retrieval and reverse engineering program. She's like, look, this is what he's talking about. This is the story he wants to me to, the, this is the story he wants to tell. And both these people are like, no, 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 yeah. It's true. It's fine. It's fine. Like, he's, he's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. She's like, what the f-? She's like, what the fuck? So, on June 5th, I don't know if you guys remember this, portions of this interview by Ross Colthart aired on News Nation. Remember, there was this huge interview, like this eight-hour interview that was aired about a, about an army whistleblower? I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys remember this. I remember, I, I remember having deja vu. About this interview, because I'm like, I, I remember someone talked about aliens prior to that. Was so it that? It, it's him. It's, it's the exact uh, same guy. Okay. So he had this interview. It blew up, and now he's now people are like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. And now he's in front of this community officially. Yeah. Yeah. So he claims that the U.S. federal government that the U.S. federal government maintains a highly secretive UFO retriever program, and they possess multiple spacecraft of non-human origin as well as corpses of dead pilots. He also claims that it's the substantive evidence that white-collar crime took place to conceal UFO programs. Mm-hmm. And they had interviewed officials who said that people had been killed to conceal these programs. He stated that he tried to get the director of the AARO, which is the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, to help him share his claims with Congress. I expressed some concerns to Dr. Kirkpatrick about a year ago and told him what I was starting to uncover. He's like, dude, this is what I'm finding out. And the guy did not follow up with him. He's like, thank you. He elaborated his claims in a subsequent interview with the French newspaper on June 7th. He said that UFOs could be coming from extra dimensions. Mm. That he had spoken with intelligent officials whom the U.S. military had briefed on football-sized aircrafts. That's huge. That the U.S. government transferred some crashed UFOs. UFOs to a defense contractor and that there was malevolent activity by UFOs. So he's like, not only do we have pilots and planes mm-hmm. and aircrafts, mm-hmm. some of these aircrafts are the size of fucking football fields. Mm-hmm. Not only that, the government has also hired defense contractors to take some of these UFOs and find out what the fuck is going on. And we're also finding out that some of these aliens, they don't actually come in peace. They want to beef it. They want to throw down. Hell yeah. And that is fucking scary. Wild. So we're going to end today's episode with just listening to a few of the most interesting excerpts of this whole UFO whistleblower committee. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys had a fun time listening to this episode. And, you know, and as always, we are the Weird History. Here we tell You believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier. Do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. Based on your experience and extensive conversations with experts, do you believe our government has made contact with intelligent extraterrestrials? Something I can't discuss in public setting. And we did meet with one member of the flight crew who took the image. The image was of something that I am not able to attach to any human capability either from the United States or from any of our adversaries. And they saw a sequence of four craft 
in a clear diamond formation for which there is uh, a radar sequence that I and I alone have observed in the United States Congress. One of the pilots goes to check out that diamond formation and sees a large floating, what I can only describe as an orb, again, like I said, not of any human capability that I'm, that I'm aware of. And when he approached, he said that his radar went down, he said that his FLIR system malfunctioned, and that he had to manually take this image um, from one of the lenses, and it was not automatic, automated uh, in collection, as you would typically see in a test mission. Grush, as a result of your previous government work, have you met with people with direct knowledge or have direct knowledge yourself of non-human origin craft? Yes, I personally interviewed those individuals. <clears throat> Mr. Grush, as a result of your previous government work, have you met with people with direct knowledge or have direct knowledge yourself about ATs, advanced technologies that the U.S. government has? Uh, based on uh, conventional uh, advanced tech, I was briefed to uh, the preponderance of the defense departments, both space and aerospace compartmented programs, yeah. I don't want to cut you off, but yeah. how does a program like that get funded? I will give you generalities. I can get very specific in a closed session, uh, but a mis misappropriation of funds and uh, does that mean that Does that mean that there is money in the budget that is said to go to a program, but it doesn't, and it goes to something else? Yes, I have specific knowledge of that, yep. Has the U.S. government become aware of actual evidence of extraterrestrial, otherwise unexplained forms of intelligence? And if so, when do you think this first occurred? Uh, I like to use the term non-human. I don't like to denote origin. Keeps the aperture open, both scientifically. Right. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, like I've dis discussed publicly uh, previously, 1930s. Do you have any personal knowledge of someone who's possibly been injured working on legacy UAP reverse engineering? Yes. Okay. How were they injured? Was it... Is it something like a radioactive type situation or something we didn't understand? You can imagine assessing an, an unknown unknown. Uh, there's a lot of uh, potentialities you can't fully prepare for.